now we're here on April 4th, and right now we're going to go ahead and we have Sun Pen on the line, and then we also have special guest, a resident Super Jets fan, Zach Harding. Zach, Sun, how you doing? Doing well, thanks, Harry. How you doing? I'm doing great. Sun, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? <laughs> doing great. And, I, <laughs> and I'll tell you... This is probably one of the more heated playoff races for the eighth spot between the Jazz and Lakers. I don't think this has ever happened before. It feels like we're back in 2010 uh, in this type of chaos, intensity, atmosphere when the Jazz faced the Lakers back in those days. And being a Jazz fan, Zach, what do you think Jazz' chances are of making the eighth seed this year? You know, I think it's uh, right now it's Pretty much 50-50, I would say, that, uh, you know, both of these teams seem to be quite inconsistent. One night they can beat the Thunder at home, and another night they can lose to the Wizards or the Timberwolves or, you know, a team like that on the road, and maybe even at home. But, uh, so, it's hard to really make, you know, solid predictions right now, but, uh, you know, we do it anyways, just for fun, and uh, <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, the Jazz have a good chance if they can play the way they did during their five-game winning streak. I think they have a very low chance if they play the way they did last night against Denver. Okay, so so do you think they're in or not? Well, we'll actually, actually save that till the end. Um, my question is for Zach... Who's been the X factor on the Jazz during this stretch run? Who's going to be the most important player on the team? Uh, you know, I think it's going to probably be, I'd say, two people. It's going to be Mo Williams and Gordon Hayward because they seem to can they can have one of pretty much the biggest impact because players like Al Jefferson, you know, he's usually getting his twenty and whatever, nine or ten rebounds a night. Bill Sapp is pretty consistent. Um, but it seems like, for example, last night, Mo Williams goes two of 12 from the field, uh. and uh, the Jazz really struggle. I mean, Hayward and Randy Foy struggled a lot as well, but I'd say it's the, the guards. I'd put Randy Foy in there a little bit, but mainly it's Hayward and Mo Williams. If they can play well the Jazz win games. Oh, yeah, and um, and also, if they play well, I think, you know, uh, the Jazz fans will be really happy about that, too. And who's your favorite player on the Jazz, Zach? Um, I'm going to have to go with Gordon Hayward. Not Marvin Williams? You know, Marvin hasn't really caught my eye too much this uh, season. I thought uh, he could do some good things, and he has, but he's kind of been a disappointment. Uh, last night, he made some crucial mistakes that were driving me nuts, but, you know, Marvin, he can be a good guy off the bench, but uh, it's just I like the way that Gordon Hayward plays. He plays tough. He plays, uh, he's got a good shot. I like pure shooters, and he's got a pure shot from uh, anywhere on the floor. So, um, um, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like somebody I know, Zach. <laughs> well, if you're talking about Jeff Hornacek, uh, no, <laughs> but yeah, no, that I appreciate the uh, compliment. <laughs> you know, so Gordon Hayward, if he is hitting his shots and doing that, the Jazz usually have a good chance of success. Hey Zach, I have a question about I have a question about Gordon Hayward. Uh, what do you think of his haircut? <laughs> you know, it's kind of a wild hairdo he's got there, but um, I think it looks better when it's kind of in the medium range, not too short, not too long. He he looks really young when he gets that shortcut, so it's good that he keeps it medium. But uh, my wife thinks he looks like Harry Potter, so. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so uh, hopefully uh, he has 
some magic left in him for the stretch run because a key player. So do you think uh, Jazz, uh, I mean, Zach's uh, assessment of the Jazz is uh, pretty spot on? Yeah, the Jazz have a lot of good players. I'm not sure if they have that one dominant player like, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant or Dwight Howard, but they have a lot of good parts. Um, they're a really deep team. I'm, I really think Enos Cantor and Derek Favors are really good. I think that if they, you know, shipped Millsap or Jefferson, one of the two, or even both of them, I think their front court would still be in very good shape. I think Enos Cantor is a, he's a, he's just, I think he's just a bully when he gets down under there. He's just really strong and he's got a nice touch. Um, yeah, they look like an eight seed. Um, but at the same time, they, I think they look like they have a good future. But if you're asking for right now, they've got a, just, just as a good chance as the Lakers of making the playoffs because of, you know, one, I think their schedule is more favorable than the Lakers. And um, they've got a lot of players who play hard. And, you know, I also feel, this is maybe just my opinion, teams play the Lakers harder just because they want to beat them so badly. You know, the Lakers have been on top uh, more recently. So that's another right. thing, I think. So, Right. And it's, it's going to be a close one. Um, right now, uh, Sam, what do you think about the Lakers' chances? Well, you know, my answer uh, about up to that question is not good. <laughs> <laughs> they... Uh, they they have a lot of difficult games remaining left uh, remaining on the schedule. They've got the you know even though, even though six of the seven is that right are 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 in Staples. They're playing the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Rockets, the Spurs, and I know there's another and the Warriors. They're all Warriors. playoff teams. Yeah, the Warriors. They're all playoff teams in the West. They're all teams that really like beating the Lakers, so they play them really hard. I could see the Spurs and the Rockets. Even if they clinched uh, seeding and, you know, still would play really hard and play their starters against the Lakers just to, uh, you know, knock them out of the playoffs and take pride in that. So that, I mean, and the Lakers are really, really inconsistent and they just, sometimes they just don't show up, bottom line. Mm, that's true. And plus they're dealing with some injuries. Zach, what do you think about the Lakers' chances? You know, there's one thing about the Lakers that makes me have a hard time believing that they won't make it is, and that's Kobe Bryant because of his, mm-hmm. you know, he just wills the team to win sometimes, especially I mean, the other night against the Mavericks. The Mavericks are fighting, were fighting. I don't know if there's much in it anymore after that loss to the Lakers, but the Lakers blew him out of the building. And I think a lot of that comes to Kobe Bryant and his ability to motivate his teammates. Um, and, for example, I just think of – I know Dwight Howard had, you know, a little extra motivation when we they went to Orlando to play in that game when he had 39 and, what was it, 16 or oh, yeah. something oh, yeah. like that. A lot of- you know, he's, a lot of free throws. He's not putting, yeah, he's not putting numbers like up like that very often with the Lakers this year. And I, I think that Kobe probably had some motivating factor. Probably gave him a pep talk about getting back to his old team or something like that. But <laughs> so who knows if if Kobe can motivate them to in that way for this last stretch? I think that they do have a a good chance of making it. Now, the Jazz do have the tiebreaker, so that just comes down to how inconsistent they are. I haven't watched the Lakers as much as you guys have this season, but I don't. From I think that it's a pretty fifty-fifty chance right now. So I don't know how you guys have kind of said that they've been pretty inconsistent. Is that you know throughout the whole um. season? So that way, even oh, yeah. late. Oh, yeah. So, the, it's, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, uh, we call our Lakers report uh, Disaster Watch 2000. And 
13. It, it really has looked pretty bad at times. Um, especially uh, if you remember the Jazz game against the Lakers earlier in the season, if, if there's any indication, the uh, Kobe death there game, where the Jazz were constantly running and getting fast break points on uh, missed free throw or made free throws. So <laughs> if that's any indication of what the Lakers have been like this year, yeah, that's, that's the one I always look at. Well, mm-hmm. I, I look at uh, two losses to Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns. One game where Michael Beasley, of all people, took over the fourth quarter, if you can believe it. Uh, he was the best player on the court. Uh in one game, and, and the other game, the Lakers lost by 20 points to a team that uh, to a team that was starting Jermaine O'Neal at center. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Phoenix. You know, that's bad. Uh, Phoenix is going to be the worst team in the Western Conference this year. Anytime you lose two times to a team like that, it's, uh, just one big embarrassment. Um, but I'm sure the Jazz have have had their share of uh, bad losses as well. Um, so you don't know that. You don't think Gordy Hayward's going to become the uh, white mamba this next couple of games? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know about that, uh, but <laughs> I think he can become a future All Star. But I don't know if he. Uh, yeah, I don't know white mamba. I don't know if the guy from Indianapolis is going <laughs> to get that name, but um, they do call him the G-Man sometimes. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that. Uh, what's, what's your favorite jazz nickname? Um, you know, there's that's a good question. Uh, there's not a lot of, I mean, there's Big Al, there's Mo. Is there, uh, I mean, is, do they call him the Cancer Man? The Cantor Man? <laughs> I don't know if he really has a, a nickname, but, you know, Ennis is a big boy. He's a, but the nicknames, um, you know, there's D Faze, but I don't, I, there's not a lot of good nicknames on the Jazz right now. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I mean, D Man's uh, obviously taking the cake right now, so it's not that spectacular. Um, yeah. But I think Jordan Hayward has started this. That's him to be the, you know, the go-to guy, but he he's really not uh, not quite yet. They don't have a one guy that they go to. It's more like Sun said. There's a lot of good players in there. Have a deep bench, but it's you know when it comes down to crunch time, sometimes Mo Williams has done that. Like he had a buzzer beater against the Spurs earlier in the season to win a game, but. You know, they don't really have that one go-to guy yet, but I think Hayward's starting to develop into that. Mm, you know, by virtue of what you said, Zach, if I'm going to pick a team to make the playoffs, I'm going to pick a team that has the best nicknames. Uh, and I think the Lakers take the cake there. So uh, I hope you have fun with the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say they probably have some better nicknames, like uh, Metal World Peace seems more like a nickname than a real name. But, you know, um, so what would you, can each of you guys, Seven Harry, can you go through each of the Lakers' remaining games and tell me what you think the result will be and what the Lakers' final record will be? Sure, let's let's go ahead and go through them. Uh, Well, first of all, the Lakers are playing Memphis at home. Son, is that a win or a loss against a really tough Memphis team? I think that's going to be a loss. Yeah, I think so, too. Lakers are currently 0-2 against Memphis. Both losses were blowouts. Memphis will have uh, Powell's brother, Mark, back, one of the better defensive players in the league. And hopefully um, the Lakers can muster some type of effort against this team, but Memphis has a lot of talent and a lot of toughness. So it looks like a loss, but you never know. Lakers are playing at home on a Friday night. But what do you think? Loss, loss, right? Yeah. Okay, it's a loss. All right, let's go to the next game. The next game is going to be against the Clippers on Sunday on national TV. 
uh, at Staples Center. It's going to be a Clippers home game, though. Uh, Clippers have blown up the Lakers each time, and they really hate the Lakers. Uh, Chris Paul hates the Lakers a lot. Uh, Jake Griffin hates the Lakers. And I think Ralph Lawler hates the Lakers, too. I think his name's Ruff Lawler, but the announcer. I think Billy Crystal hates the Lakers, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, he just... <laughs> yeah, he, uh, Frankie Mines hates the Lakers. So, a lot of hate. They're going to be really trying. Son, what do you think, win or loss? Well, first, two things. One, uh, the White Mamba nickname has already uh, uh, been uh, bestowed. It's uh, Brian Scalabrini's nickname. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and the Red Mamba is actually Matt Bonner. So those oh, are two of the worst uh, <laughs> players. <in the> <laughs> and And uh, the second thing is, well, I forgot the second thing now. But anyway, I think the Clippers are going to run the Lakers out of the building. I think that's going to be a loss. A lot of players, like Harry said, do not like the Lakers, uh, except for maybe Lamar Odom, Matt Barnes, former Lakers. Sure but they will both want to embarrass the Lakers and keep them out of the playoffs. So I think I actually think that's going to be a loss for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a really big game. It's going to be really intense. I'm going to be pretty excited for that one. Uh, moving on, we got the New Orleans Hornets on a Tuesday at New, uh, at Staples again. Um, uh, you think this lottery bound team is going to try, come out and try to beat the Lakers? I think they're going to come out and try to beat the Lakers, but I don't think they will. I think the Lakers win this game, but I do think it will be a close game. So, just how the Lakers play, they like to play these close games, keep their they play the level of their competition. And, but I think they'll win this game. But I think it'll be close. Yeah, I think the Lakers are going to win as well, and I also think Mike D'Antoni will play Kobe Bryant um, 48 minutes in a 20-point game. <laughs> he will he will drain drain him to the end because. The Mike D'Antoni special on the back-to-back, he loves to play his players heavy minutes because uh, after that, they're going to to Portland at the Rose Garden on the next night. The Lakers have never swept a back-to-back all season. Currently, they are 5-10 and 10 on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, anytime they have to travel this far, let's see that plays this much minutes. If it's that old, it looks like a loss. Some, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be a loss. Uh, the Lakers have always played poorly in Portland. They uh, they have trouble with the Blazers there um, for whatever reason. Um, and I don't think this game will be any different. Also, a back-to-back, the second game of back-to-back. So they, I don't think they'll win this game. I'll put me down for a loss. You know, so far, Sun and me have decided that Lakers will go 1-3. and three. Let's move on to the last three games. They're going to play Golden State at home. I think that the Lakers will – I think they'll win this game. I also think it'll be close. But I think uh, Golden State is a team that plays very poor defense. Um, well, in certain positions. David Lee, I've heard, is probably the worst defensive player in the league. They, hopefully the Lakers can pull this game off. But I would not be surprised if the Warriors take this game as well. I think the Lakers win for one. It's going to be at home and – uh, I don't think the Warriors will be able to match the intensity the Lakers are going to have after losing so many games. So they know they're going to have to get these next three. So I think they're not going to be able to match the Warriors' intensity, even though the Warriors played the Lakers really well the past few games. Uh, moving on to the last two, they're going to play the Spurs on Sunday at home. And, Son, what do you think? This is a tough one. Again, I think it'll be a close game. I don't think the Lakers are capable of blowing any team out, really. Um, so I'm going to go with – I really think the Spurs are going to win this game, so I think the Lakers lose. And, and really, their season is over at this point. Wow. Uh, you're, you're making everyone in this room depressed. But uh, I actually think – Not me. <laughs> I actually think the Spurs are going to win this game. Uh, excuse not the Spurs. I actually think the Lakers – are going to win this game. I think Pop's going to rest his players. Ginobili's not going to play. Um, Duncan and Parker are probably going to play limited minutes if they play at all. 
but I think it's going to be close still just because the Spurs have a really good bench. They have a lot of good depth, and they're going to keep it close, but the Lakers are going to pull this one out. And coming to the last game of the season against the Houston Rockets at home, Sun, what do you think? It really depends on whether the Rockets play their starters heavy minutes. If they don't, I think the Lakers will win this game. Uh, and I don't think it'll be close, actually. But if they do play their starters, I think it will be close. But I think the Lakers pull this one out, so I think they win this. Also, as I said earlier, their season's probably over, so they pro- of course they're going to win this game. So that's, that's how I'm going to call it that. <laughs> okay. You know, I think the Lakers are going to win this game. It's the last game of the season. Houston's probably going to rest some guys, and um, they're going to be playing their last home game. And this could be Dwight Howard's last home game as a Laker which would be pretty amazing to hear. Um, you know, if that happens, we'll have to do a podcast uh, about the White's uh, season as a Laker. The one thing I do like about uh, last, uh, a couple of days ago, Mavericks game, the Shaq's retirement number is a fun time. Um, but we'll get back to that in a minute. Uh, Zach, you think that's a, a correct assessment of what you think is going to happen for the Lakers? You know, I think what's really interesting about those the games against all of these playoff contenders that uh, both the Jazz and Lakers have uh, on their remaining schedule is that a lot of it does depend on if those teams are still, you know, competing and jockeying for higher playoff seeding because you have the Rockets and the Warriors are both in a tight race for who's going to get sixth or seventh seed. And I think that, you know, is I think they all want to have the sixth seed because they'd rather play the Clippers or the Nuggets than having to face the Spurs or the Thunder, uh, depending on which one of those two teams gets the two seed. And then the Thunder and the Spurs are a uh, half game apart, competing for that number one seed. And then on the other hand, you have the Nuggets, Clippers, and Grizzlies are all competing for the three, four, and five spots. So, you know, and the Lakers play a good majority of those teams, and the Jazz play, uh, they just still play the Thunder, the Warriors, uh, and the Grizzlies. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think Sun's outlook is quite pessimistic, but it could also be. <laughs> uh, I think, I think uh, Sun's just, he might be protecting himself and going with that so that. He doesn't, doesn't get disappointed, but that uh, uh, if the Lakers do yeah. win some of those games and make it, he can be, you know, more, uh, <clears throat> he can be pleasantly surprised. But uh, I think, Harry, your analysis of what you think is uh, optimistic, but uh, could also happen. So it's tough to, to know. I think you guys... Now, Harry, you said that the Lakers will finish out, did you say, four and three? Is that what yours was? Yeah, four and three. I think the uh, and was, four and three. Suns was the uh, one, and, one, and, one, one and six, maybe? <laughs> you know, uh, I think something well, he had, he had <laughs> This is actually off our team. Two and five or three and four. So, I think, you know, I think that the Lakers are going to, you know, I still, it's hard just because they're all, they're playing, even the Grizzlies game at Staples, I could see them pulling that out. But if I had to say it right now, I, I'd say they'll lose to the Grizzlies, they'll lose to the Clippers, they'll beat the Hornets, um, the Blazers, I think they could pull it out, but I know they have, uh, like some, well, like both of you said, they have struggled in Portland, and that's been a regular thing. So, the, but I think they'll probably lose that. But I think so. That's one and three. But I think they would beat the Rockets on that last game of the season. Um, and the Spurs, and who's the other game they play? The Warriors. Oh, the Warriors. Yeah, I think they'd beat the Warriors. So I think they're going to go either three and four or four and three. Depending, yeah, that Spurs game, Popovich could be resting his guys or not. But if they go four and three, that puts them at 
43 and 39 on the season. And uh, that means the Jazz would have to go <clears throat> 4 and 2 to finish the season and uh, get the eighth seed with the tiebreaker. Tomorrow they play the Hornets at home, and I think that's a victory. Um, Sunday they play at Golden State, and for me that's a – I think they could win, but I don't think they will because they, they're they very inconsistent on the road. I think they're something like 10 and 27 or 11 and 27 on the road this season. That's You're right. That's pretty poor. <laughs> so – uh, that's pretty bad. So I think they're going to lose Golden State. That's one and one. Uh, then they come back to Salt Lake and play the Thunder. And the Thunder are competing with the Spurs for the one seed. I don't think they're going to be able to pull that off, even though they did beat the Thunder in Utah earlier in the season. So that would make them one and two. Uh, after they play the Thunder, uh, I'm not sure exactly what order, but I know they do play at Minnesota. Um, I think that they can win that game. I'm going to say that they will, but just as easily they can go and lose. But the Timberwolves have had a lot of struggles this season. The Jazz have beat them both times in Minnesota and in Salt Lake so far. So that makes them 2-2 two and two if they beat, win that game. They also play the Timberwolves at home another time, but I think they'll win that game. That's 3-2. and two. Um, And then they play... At Memphis, the last game of the season, I think they'll lose that. Oh. That's two and three. I skipped. I, I know I skipped one game. I can't remember. Uh, no, you got them all. You got them all. Okay, so with that, that would put them. If they beat Minnesota twice and beat the Hornets, then that makes them finish three and three. And uh, that would mean that they finish the season 42 and 40. So I think what it comes down to is, you know, if the Lakers can go 4-3 and three to finish the season, I think that they have uh, the eight seed. But if they only go 3-4, and four, I think the Jazz will probably be able to uh, finish 500, 3-3 on the last six games and secure the, the eight seed for them. But... I think the key game for the Jazz um, is that game in Golden State. If they could pull off a surprise victory there, I think that would almost guarantee them the eighth seed. Um, But they do need to go and win in Minnesota along with that. So it's really a toss-up right now. But I will just add one more thing about the Jazz. Gordon Hayward is... um, I said he's my favorite player, but I would also have to say I like what Sun said about Derek Favors and Ernest Cantor. I really like the way that they play. Um, I would say Hayward and Favors are my top two. And uh, Favors, he would be equal with Hayward. It's just he needs to just, if his offensive game can get a little bit more polished, I think he's going to be a really good player and potential for all-star and, and being the starter for the Jazz is Millsap and Jefferson are both free agents after this season. But uh and then Randy Foy I've always I like the way that he plays and he's been, you know, great lately. Uh hit eight three point eight of nine three pointers uh, last Saturday against the Nets, um which right. was a pretty impressive performance. But uh so those guys are the ones on my radar for the jazz that I'm really liking, but you know I don't know. What do you guys think about the Jazz remaining schedule? Well, I think you give a really good assessment, Zach. I think they beat the Hornets. They lose against Golden State and Oklahoma, and then they sweep uh, the last three games. I think they will beat Memphis because I think Memphis won't have too much to play for by that time. They're either they're mm-hmm. going to be the four or five seed. So um, well, I don't know. You know. Impacted. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be close. Some, what do you think? That's a tough one. <clears throat> I think they'll beat the Hornets. I think that I think they'll probably lose to the Warriors and the Thunder. 
But I think they'll sweep the last three, so I think they'll go four and two. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I, also, I also can see them losing one of the Minnesota games just mm-hmm. out, of, out of randomness, you know. Sometimes bad teams be good teams, so it happens, yeah. and uh, I can see that happening. It's not like the Jazz are the most mentally tough team out there, so. And Minnesota yeah. can catch you. Yeah, well, as uh, I agree, as as the uh, late, as in terms of, uh, he's not dead, but former jazz announcer Hot Rod Humbley used to say, uh, they are the pesky Timberwolves. And so they can <laughs> sneak up on you sometimes, especially in Minnesota with that uh, very annoying Timberwolf howl that they play in the background. That is a lot of like uh, cougars. That is a lot alike in its uh, level of annoying uh, level of annoyance as uh, in LaBelle Edwards Stadium when they play Cougar growl. That's, uh, you know, I think uh, equal level. But that Timberwolves howl is really annoying and can get into, you know, opposing players' minds into their heads. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a little background. Uh, Zach is a major jazz fan. We, me and Summer, Nickers fans. And not only that, me and Son are major BYU fans, while Zach's a really big U of U fan. So, uh, yeah, not a lot of love for BYU, huh, Zach? <laughs> you know, the only time I uh, really felt like I could sincerely cheer for uh, BYU was when Jimmer was, uh, you know, doing his thing down there. But, uh, you know, it. I have a lot of family members that uh, – went there and are our fans, so you know, I've got a little bit of compassion for them, but uh <laughs> you know, yeah, not not too much usually. Um I was cheering for them when they were playing Baylor in the NIT final four the other night, but uh usually yeah, not not a lot of love, but uh no love lost <laughs> between both of those teams, you know, using Cougars. So and the Jazz and Lakers for that matter. That's kind of I know the Celtics are the Lakers' biggest rival, but um, I know for the Jazz and most Jazz fans, uh, the Lakers are their biggest rival. And uh, I don't know where where would you say that uh, the Jazz stand from a Lakers standpoint as a rival? I know they're probably looked down upon and not uh, not like the Celtics' rivalry. But would you guys say that the Jazz are up there for Lakers fans and rivals? Thought, you want to take this one? Yeah, I think that uh, in the late 90s, early, well, no, I mean, yeah, in the late ni- mid to late 90s, the Jazz were probably the most hated team in Los Angeles. They they, they beat the early Shaq Kobe teams in the playoffs. I think they swept them one year. Uh, I think game four of that one game, Kobe shot three three air balls. And that, that yeah, was, that was I remember the air, that was the air ball game. Yeah, I know Kobe held uh, hard feelings about that for years to come. So. So, and so the Jazz were just beating on the Lakers when, you know, they were the team that, well, one of the teams that the Lakers had to get over the hump to get to the championships, um, the, other, the other team being Spurs. Uh, so in recent memory, I would say the Celtics, uh, the Spurs, and the Jazz mm-hmm. were the Lakers' biggest rivals um, mm-hmm. in that in that order. More recently, it's become the Thunder, um, and you know, even the Kings. You know. Oh yeah, that's so, true. So maybe, maybe, maybe third or fourth. You know, the Kings in there. So yeah, uh, I would say yeah. the, the Jazz are the Jazz are up there back in the Carmelone, John Stockton heyday. I don't think uh, any Laker fans have much uh, fondness for those Jazz teams. Um, <laughs> I would say so. It's it's, yeah. it's up there. Um, I don't know. Recently, not as much, but yeah, it has been. Yeah. It has been in, well, I'd say, recent history. Right. Yeah. Not not a lot. You know, no love loss between those teams. I mean, especially, I think it probably is more so for Jazz fans because the Lakers have been so dominant. I think uh, the Jazz, Utah, is kind of a underdog market, and so. Yeah. Not only that, uh, there's a lot of. Los Angeles and California transplants living in Utah, so I'm sure it's really annoying to see all these Laker fans in Utah year-round. 
Yeah, you know, there there are quite a few. It always amazes me to see how many there are Jazz Lakers games or even, you know, I don't know what it's like at other NBA stadiums, but I think it's interesting to see how many opposing fans show up for the other team. But, uh, yeah, I know for the Jazz, it's their biggest rivals would probably be the Lakers, Spurs, and Nuggets. Um of course, back in the day, it would have probably included the Sonics and Blazers. But, um, yeah, lately, those are – the Lakers are definitely at the top of the list, so. No Bulls? Okay, well, yeah, the Bulls would definitely have been in there. I was just thinking more Western Conference. But uh, in the 90s, the Bulls, for sure, Michael Jordan and the two uh, – <laughs> years that they played them in the finals, that would uh, definitely be in there. But as of late, not really any rivals with Eastern Conference teams. So, Jack, I have a question for you. How, On a yeah. scale of 1 to 10, how excited would you be if Jimmer Fredette was traded to the Jazz? Um, you know, I would be excited, but unfortunately it's been sad to see what uh, Jimmer's had to be a part of an endurance Sacramento and I think it's made his stock go down quite a bit and I don't know if his game translates as much to the NBA but I do think he would be used a lot more effectively um, <laughs> in the jazz system but I don't think he's ever going to be able to do what he did at BYU and just take over games 40-50 points uh shooting 10, 30-footers a night, you know, and I, I wish he the NBA because I, that was a lot of fun to watch. And uh, But I just don't. The NBA is just a totally different thing, you know, for, for someone like him. But uh, I, I think it would be cool if he was traded to the Jazz. I, <laughs> I was hoping they would draft him on draft night. Um, they should have. But... Uh, yeah, they. I mean, they would have had to take him at the three spot where they got cancer, and I'd definitely rather have cancer. Uh, so that's true. But uh, they uh, did have the 12, 12 uh, spot, but the Kings jumped in front of them and got that. So the Jazz took. Uh, I think it was Alex Burks, who was actually playing pretty good, and I, you know, I like his game. But yeah, it'd be cool to see Jimmer in a Jazz jersey, but. Yeah, that'd be cool, you know, a Jimmer, Gordy Hayward backcourt, uh, shades of the Stockton and Hordacek. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if, if either one learned how to pass, uh, but if either one of them learned how to pass. Yeah, yeah, no, and Gordon Hayward is actually a pretty good passer, but I'm not sure um, how Jimmer's development in that area is going, but, uh, how would you guys feel if Jimmer was traded to the Lakers? Would that bring any excitement or not Not really? <laughs> that would be great. I think I, my wish is if that happens, they play Jimmer, Steve Nash, and Steve Blake all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, they and could Tony get, would, uh, maybe and they Tony could would do that. Luke Walton. Luke, Wal- Luke Walton would be great, too. You know, if they had, really? Jimmer, and, if they had Jimmer and Gordy Hayward in the same backcourt, I don't... That might rival the Steve Nash Steve Blake combo for uh, the the ultimate white backcourt title uh, in the modern uh, you know not modern area but this this era right now. <laughs> yeah, that that might that'd be interesting. But. You know, I can I saw Steve Nash and Steve Blake in the backcourt, and I don't know when's the last time I saw two white um, players in the backcourt at the same in, at, in the game at the same time uh, with. During crunch time minutes, with you know, in a close game, it's kind yeah, of. Uh, I would probably have to say uh, Hornacek and Stockton back in like '99, something like that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think that you have to go way back. Um, maybe with Jason Williams and Doug Christie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is still pretty weird to see Steve Nash in a Lakers jersey. It's just, uh, it's almost like, I don't know. It's just. Uh, I don't know how to compare it, but it's just a weird, weird sight. It doesn't seem to go well with my stomach. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I can think of one. 
I could think of one. Uh, Carl Malone in a Lakers jersey. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I didn't. I was on my mission during that time, but I didn't mind that as much because you know John Stockton had retired, and I was like, well, you know, if Carl wants to go and do that. Carl's go and go and do that, you know. So. <laughs> was that a Carl Malone impression? Carl Malone does what he wants, so. <laughs> that's how it is. So, <laughs> you know, and Paul Malone actually has uh, offered to be an assistant coach and coach the Jazz big men, but they haven't taken him up on the offer. Oh, you they know. should. So I, I think yeah, that we just might have a little bit of an a little bit of an overbearing personality. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing that, but I know uh, Greg Miller, who is Larry Miller's son. I know Larry and Carl had a pretty good close. And a father-son um, relationship, so I don't know how Greg feels about Carl, but I'm I'm not sure if uh, they just think that uh, he's kind of an overbearing personality or something. But yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that. He could probably teach him a lot of stuff. It'd be great, and uh, we could see him walk around in those Skechers shake-up shoes during practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be exciting. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it's going to be a really exciting stretch run here. Um, yeah, well, I'm really rooting for the Lakers. Uh, sounds like Sun is rooting for the Jazz. I, I don't know <laughs> where his fan allegiance really is. <laughs> but, I didn't know Sun was uh, such a big Jazz fan before tonight. I didn't. But... I didn't. I never heard so much reverse jinxing in one night. <laughs> We need to keep up this reverse jinxing because it can only uh, help all of us. So, You know, in, in my defense, though, the Lakers are pretty bad. I mean, the record speaks for themselves. So it speaks for itself. Okay, yeah, it's bad. It's especially bad when you look at the expectations for the season, but... You must remember yeah. the Jazz are ten and twenty-seven on the road. Yeah, but they only have well, I guess they have three road games remaining. Um, what's the Lakers? But they did beat the Portland in Portland last Friday, so that was. Yeah, then they blow them out. No, they it was close. They uh, came back at the end and pulled it off, but. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. The Jazz have blown any team out on the road this season. <laughs> but I will say this. the uh, If the Lakers were to beat the Jazz out of the eighth seed, if they're playing the Spurs, I'll definitely be cheering for the Lakers because there's just something about the Spurs. And uh, no offense to, to Val, uh, who is, I know, you know, a big Spurs fan, and I'm sure all of Sun's in-laws are, being from San Antonio, but there's just something that uh, we here in Utah can't stand about those Spurs, and uh, <laughs> probably how many times they beat us in the last 10 years, but, you know, I, w- I will definitely cheer the Lakers on against the Spurs if that matchup takes place. Is it, is it because Tim Duncan is considered the best power forward of all time over Carl Malone? <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I don't really care about that because if I had to choose, I would take Carmelone in that position. Uh, Tim Duncan is definitely a great player, a Hall of Famer for sure. But uh, I don't, you know, if Carmelone's posting up on Tim Duncan, I think he's just going to dunk over him. But, uh, <laughs> no, Tim Duncan, is he does deserve, you know, it's, he's definitely up there in uh for sure, four, what is it, four or five championships, so. Four. Four, right, yeah, four. But um, I, I think it's just there's something about, you know, Matt Bonner, Tony Parker, Ginobili. <laughs> Duncan, I respect him. He doesn't really get on my nerves, but it's more, you know, Ginobili with his Euro step and his flopping and Tony Parker with his flopping as well, falling down every single time he drives in a lane, even if he doesn't get touched. Um, Matt, ba- Matt Bonner, the way that he shoots. Uh, <laughs> such an ugly shot. 
Um, let's see. Yeah, I could go on. Gary Neal, just that name. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of reasons. I actually respect Popovich, but all those other reasons are just. Do you, you know. do you have do you have anything against Kawhi Leonard's cornrows? Um, no, actually, I don't. I I actually think uh, I like Kawhi Leonard. So, I mean, the Spurs just. Saw, I mean. Thank goodness they don't have Fabricio Roberto anymore, that guy, you know. <laughs> I, you know, Nothing. and then... How about Tiago Splitter? Oh, uh, you know, I don't... He's not my favorite either, but he's... He's... You know, he doesn't uh, agitate uh, that much. But, uh, yeah, I think it's... I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, when the Spurs had David Robinson back in those days and Sean Elliott and Tim Duncan, they, you know, I like watching them, but just in this uh, decade, it's kind of been, I don't know, just uh, I really haven't liked the Spurs. But over the past couple of years, the Jazz have started to beat them a few times, so my dislike for them has lessened a little bit, but... I'd still much rather see the Lakers beat them. So. What, what was it that the Jazz, the Jazz had lost, what, 20-something uh, to the Spurs? Yeah, it was like 27. It was like like a 10-year streak that they hadn't beat the Spurs. So. Oh, my goodness. A, it was a long... <laughs> That's a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot, of, uh, a lot of games. I'm not sure if that was overall or if it was in San Antonio, but <laughs> it was a long time, and I think they finally managed to beat them. I think the last year that um, Boozer and Darren Williams and O'Kerr and all those guys were still playing together before it all broke apart. But yeah, you know, I don't know how do you guys. I know the Spurs are one of your of the Lakers rivals. How do you guys feel about the Spurs? Uh, yeah, Zach, everything you said, I second that. Uh, one of the most annoying things the Spurs do is their incredulous look on their face after a foul is called on them, you know, with uh, Ginobili and <laughs> Parker and uh, something with their wide eyes and their hands open. Uh, that just drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's always oh, good man. to see the Spurs lose, like tonight, to the Thunder. So. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> They might actually be my least favorite team. Yep. Yeah. Well, in that uh, sense, we definitely agree. So, not the, one thing we can uh, agree on. Not the Celtics or the Heat? You no, know, you know, I actually, oh, for Harry, yeah. I like the Heat, so. You know, I like, I don't like the Celtics and I don't like the Heat. I like but I, I just really miss rooting against LeBron James and, you know, and uh, just rooting for his fourth quarter meltdown. And now that that stuff doesn't happen anymore, it's kind of hard hard to, uh, you know, root against the Heat. Zach, I have a question for you. How lucky do you feel that the Jazz traded Darren Williams? I mean, Darren Williams this year uh, said that he couldn't dunk the ball anymore. And uh, actually, last night was the first time he dunked the ball all season. <laughs> well... It definitely turned out to be a, a good decision. Um, I think the Jazz management, they were wise in doing that because it was pretty much guaranteed Darren Williams would not be staying here anyways after that season um, when he became a free agent. Also, just the way that he is. Um, he used to be, probably at the time he, he was on the Jazz, he was probably my favorite player. But over that last season, he kind of soured a lot of jazz fans, and uh, I still liked the way that he played, but he had really, I mean, the first home game of his last season with the jazz, he threw the ball at Gordon Hayward uh, <laughs> during a play. Gordon, wow. Gordon Hayward still ran the play and scored on that play, but it just goes to show. Uh, and last Saturday when the jazz played the Nets, Gordon Hayward actually uh, served up a, quite a nice facial. Uh, <laughs> just stuffed Darren Williams on a fast break. 
And uh, I heard on the radio that that afterwards Darren Williams had kind of said to Gordon Hayward, like, whoa, I didn't know you could do that. So just, uh, you know, that was fun to see Hayward <laughs> kind of really swat Williams out of there. But, yeah, I think it was, I think it's a really fortunate because Darren Williams is kind of, I don't know, he's not what he once was, and I think a lot of his success did come from running the system of the Jazz run and from Jerry Sloan as a coach, who he had to continue to disagree with. And, you know, that's really probably why Darren Williams was traded, um, because of his uh, attitude. So, oh, coach, coach killer. Yeah, I mean, he is. Avery Johnson's gone, so let's, let's we're just counting down the clock to see when Carlissimo goes. <laughs> now, is he going to choke Carlissimo? <laughs> um, I think he would have to probably get Latrell Sprewell to do that for him. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Crazy things um, happen. Crazy things happen. I guess that dunk over Hayward over Williams was a passing of the torch for you, uh, symbolically, like one favorite player to another. Is that, is that how you <laughs> uh, maybe. You know, that, that could be true. It was, it was actually uh, not a dunk, but a, a block. Oh, so, a block. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he just totally, totally blocked him. Hayward just hung in the air, and Darren Williams kind of did a double pump, thinking he'd get past him, but Hayward was still up above him, you know, and just swatted him. So, who is uh, so Kobe Bryant? Is that still? You know, your guys' favorite player on the Lakers. I mean, I don't see how it couldn't be. But, uh. Um, yeah, you know, we're both, uh, well, at least for me, I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan. I like watching Kobe play, and I really like him. But, uh, you know, my favorite player from the Lakers actually got traded to the Cavaliers, and that and that guy is actually Luke Walton, was my favorite player on the Lakers for a while. <laughs> yeah, you know, did you see the other night, uh, when he was wearing the mask, and, uh, he, he had a mask on one of those, uh, you know, like Rip Hamilton always used to wear, oh, uh, his nose or something. And uh, they said it was the curse of the mask or something. He just he had about five air balls. Um, <laughs> he couldn't catch the ball. It was just a quite a. I felt bad for him because I've always liked Luke Walton too. But they had it kind of on highlights, and it was just kind of sad to watch. But and then uh, there was one part where he just grabbed his mask and ripped it off and threw it because it was, you know, affecting his play as what seemed like. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, you know, I mean, that's why I like him so much. He reminds me uh, a lot about my game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if Kobe is not – I don't. he's never been my favorite player on the Lakers. I think the, it's, the way he plays sometimes annoys me because he's a player who has obviously got a great basketball IQ but plays a game – plays a game in a way where you think he didn't. Uh, he – he holds up the ball for a long time, then he shoots these shots. Uh, you know, they go in, sometimes they don't, but, you know, they usually, when they don't, the Lakers have no chance of winning. Um, he just needs to make the shots to, uh, to, uh, for the Lakers to win sometimes, especially in the fourth quarter, what I, I call it Kobe ball, where he posts, he gets in the pinch post and backs down the guy and shoots a fadeaway. And he makes a bunch of them sometimes, but when he doesn't, the Lakers, mm-hmm. they, they typically lose that game. And, the ball doesn't move, and the defense suffers because of that. But I don't know who my favorite player. Um, Eddie Jones used to be my favorite player, but that's going quite oh, a yeah. while back. Oh, that's a while back. You know, Rick Fox. I've always liked Rick Fox. I know a lot of uh-huh. uh, non-Laker fans hate him, uh, but, you know, he's always been one of my favorite Lakers. Um, <laughs> currently, uh, Pau Gasol. I like Pau Gasol. Lamar Odom, 
Those are some of my favorite Lakers. Uh, what about this yeah. year's team? This year's team, my favorite Laker, might have to be – well, they're all injured all the time, so it's kind of hard to say who is my favorite player because it seems like one one comes back, the other – there's no continuity. Um, I root for Dwight Howard to do well a lot because I think he – I think he really wants to be great, but he doesn't know how to do it. Um, mm. So I, I root for Pau Gasol because he's – he seems like a really nice guy on the court, and he wants to make everybody happy. But that guy on the court is usually the guy everybody yells at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a big Pau Gasol fan, too. I really like Pau. Yeah, I like Pau Gasol. I think he's underappreciated. He does a lot for the game. I think he's especially underappreciated by Mike D'Antoni, I think. Um, so, so. I'd, I'd say Pau Gasol right now is my favorite Laker. Him or Robert Zachary. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, Zachary does have the best uh, team celebration dances, but there's uh, uh, pointing fingers and karate chops. And I think it's probably the best in the league right now. Um, but, yeah, so I think we're going to have our final word on the, the Lakers and Jazz making the playoffs. Zach, final word, who's in, Jazz or Lakers? Uh, you know, I'm just gonna. After all that's been said, I'm just, I'm just gonna. You know, I've got to still go with my heart and say that the Jazz, because they have the tiebreaker, and they have that motivation to uh, having won five of their last six. I think they're still on a good roll, even though they had a little bump in the road last night against the Nuggets, and uh, I think they're gonna be able to. And considering the Lakers. A difficulty of schedule. I think the Jazz will uh, get that eighth spot, but I do think they'll, it'll probably come by way of having to use that tiebreaker. As I think that the Jazz and Lakers will both finish uh, the season forty-two and forty. Son, what do you think, Jazz or Lakers? I think the the Jazz will make the playoffs over the Lakers because of the tiebreaker. I think they'll finish. I, I agree with Zach, actually. I think they'll both finish 42 and 40 uh, by by way of their schedules. Um, I don't think there's much separating the teams right now. I think the Lakers obviously have the higher ceiling with all the players they have, but, you know, as the season has shown, uh, they haven't played up to their potential, and I don't see how this week will make any difference, especially how many minutes with how many minutes Kobe Bryant has been logging. I mean, he, he virtually played 48 minutes the past two games, and he's not going to be able to do that on the back-to-back. So I, I see the advantage, the advantage going to the Jazz um, with the remaining games coming up. All right. I'm going to go ahead and say the Lakers are going to make the playoffs just by virtue that the NBA will send a special official to call each game. And somehow, uh, <laughs> <laughs> In a few road games, I think the Lakers might shoot an upwards of 73 throws. So, <laughs> so I think I think there might be some conspiracy involved. So I'm going to go ahead with the Lakers. Um, yeah, and, and uh, it's going to be a really wild and fun ride. I'm going to be really watching the scoreboards, watching every game pretty closely. And uh, yeah, any guys, guys? Close, and I guess either way we can, you know. Go celebrate at Chuckarama, so <laughs> <laughs> like we did after uh, Utah beat Michigan in 2008 in the <laughs> first game of the football season. So <laughs> Chuckarama, either way, you know that's the way it can be celebrated. <laughs> but no, I think I agree, Harry. It should be really fun to watch. Uh, really, you know, kind of on the edge of your seat. Um, each game, watching and uh, see how these last six or seven games of the season comes down. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, all right, Zach. I know you got to go. I know you have uh, got stuff to take care of. Zach, do you have anything to plug? Uh, no, I don't. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't have any plugs to put <laughs> put in there. But we'll just say uh, I'll sign off by saying, uh, may the most consistent team win, and I think uh, they will, 
whether it's the Lakers or the Jazz, and that team will get the eighth seed of the playoffs. So, all right, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, when we call you back, it'll be, you know, maybe after uh, the seedings are set, we'll give you a call back, and uh, we can either talk about how sad you are or talk about how happy you are. We'll see. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Thanks for having me All on. Right. All right, thanks, Zach.